there's always a bit of truth in legends. Welcome to the Thrawn Cast, a book club reading through the entire Star Wars expanded universe from beginning to end. I'm Matthew, and joining me on this legendary journey are my co-hosts Amanda. Hello. And Show. I'm assuming you just said my name, but it suddenly cut out. So just, just say I'm Show. Just say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is episode four of season four, uh, and we are here to discuss chapters 13 through 16 of The Truce at Bakura by Kathy Tires. Uh, when we last left our heroes, it was shortly after the Battle of Endor, and the rebels had just agreed to join forces with the Empire to push back an invasion of sinister alien forces at the far-flung planet of Bakura. The evil Siruk, who intended to use human brains to power their engines of war, were repelled once, but now... With the help of their brainwashed human slave Dev, have concocted a plan which will allow them to capture the human minds they want from a long range, thus eliminating the need for physical invasion at all. Cutting a deal with the greedy Imperial Governor of Bakura, these reptilian aliens now seek the one individual whose natural force abilities will allow them to enslave the human race and rule the galaxy. Leia. The Jedi Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Leia, give me a break. Can't even turn off a light bulb. He doesn't have to because they don't use light bulbs in science fiction land. Can't even turn off a glow sphere. A repulsor powered glow panel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so let's that jump right works. jump right into chapter 13, um, where we get a, a delightful POV scene from Governor Nerys Ner- uh, during a strategy meeting between the Rebels and the Imperials. Um, we learn, I believe this is the first time we hear of this, so we learn suddenly, without preamble, that Nerys has somehow poisoned Luke with some kind of weird, like, parasite thing. Like, I guess they it's were... It's really gross. I mean, maybe I missed it in the whole nonsense from last chapter where he and Gariel were eating seafood and kept, they kept turning no, he's the just... scrambler on and off. But, like... Well, he's just... Uh, he's just talked about, like, killing Luke, but I would just assumed he was going to use a blaster. <laughs> but apparently he's doing it with icky worm creature things that he's hoping to use against the Siruk I don't know. It's really they're, it's, they're apparently it's gross. the impression I got was that they're kind of like the aliens in Alien popping yes. out of the dude's chest, except they're also transmittable before they get to that point. Yeah, it's really weird and not at all uh, clear. Yeah, because and, they lay eggs all the time and comes out so, of fucking I, nowhere. It's, it's actually kind of clever. Um his idea to basically use Luke as a Trojan horse against the Sea Rook and not only take away their ability to use Luke, you know, as a weapon, but also to take out, you know, part of their fleet. But you, you. It's, it's super gross. And I think it must have been the kind of thing that maybe there were allusions to earlier in the story in an earlier draft that somehow got lost in rewrites, but the plot point stayed. Yeah. So kind of like Luke's calcifying brain. Yes. Like the opposite of Luke's calcifying brain. Like that plot point stayed and then never got mentioned again. And whereas this one, any lead up to it somehow got cut. I, I wonder if maybe the eggs were supposed to be in the food they brought to their room? Like, I really don't know. Like, yeah. Well, then maybe Gary will turn out to, ha- to be pregnant with alien eggs. I, I do really feel like you guys are I've are read this harping... book before and I don't remember that, but I didn't remember this alien egg impregnation either. So there may be a whole lot of alien nookie that I've just missed. Like, I- this is weirder than Crucible. 
this this whole like alien egg weird grossness here it's I something mean, i would expect to have happen in crucible that's how weird it is i mean it's weird yeah, it's just because it comes out of nowhere like, I am, like it's i am a, not a fan it's a par- fairly standard oh. like sci-fi and, trope but it just it comes out of nowhere i do feel like you guys what, are harping unnecessarily on the calcification thing i really do feel like they put that to bed when luke said that he healed himself on the hyperdrive uh on the hyperspace trip Except to, to it's just, I mean, the sentence got left in about how there would be certain things he would be dealing with for the rest of his life and he doesn't even deal with them for the rest of this book i think he and just means if, like aches and pains if, you know he's got to take his if, decalcification medication whatever you know even so give the guy an aspirin like nine chapters later and have him be like yeah <laughs> i have a man it sure does suck that i have to take this medicine for the rest of my life like i have a, a lot of problems with this book and this author but like i, I don't know <laughs> that, that's, that's not one of them <laughs> for me it just seems like a really huge um element to introduce and then like something that would you know could have a lasting effect on luke's character and it just completely gets dropped not even halfway into the book and it's never mentioned again so it's like it's disappointing Meh. um but i guess that's <laughs> with how early this is in the bantam area and how early it's set i can kind of see why they would do that but then why even bring it up to begin with just to like hammer home but the point that like it's of, the next day and you know he's still achy and painting i mean it yeah, sounds like, like from from your perspective, she just went a little too far in, like, describing the achy and paininess of it with some, like, ridiculous, like, thing that, like, isn't even a thing. <laughs> the, well, it's the like, she gave it too much weight for it to... Yeah. yeah. She gave it too like, much weight for it to evaporate the way it did. Yeah. It's like the death of Superman happens, and then instead of having a whole big story arc uh, talking about, like, the follow-through to that, and then a ho- another whole big story arc... Superman coming back, it's just a few issues later, oh man, I sure am better from that whole dying thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's Well, Deuce quite... X Machina Superman back in there like two issues later. Justice kind of League coming 2018. Well, not quite that extreme, <laughs> obviously, but um, it's like, why introduce this massive thing and then yeah, I wave didn't... it away that quickly? I guess I just didn't find it as massive as you did. Um, oh, but speaking of that, when uh, Nerus, um, he, he scans Luke to see the how the parasite worms are doing, and he mentions that Luke's in almost perfect health, and that just pissed me off about it again. Almost, <laughs> almost perfect health. <laughs> almost. That just me. I mean, perfect health except for like icky little parasite eggs. Ew. Ew. Just- there's also this, like, thing where, like, Hansel is like, oh, wow, you people use red for threat, too. And it's like, who cares? Like, oh, are we all humans? We all bleed red. It's all, like, like, I don't care. First off. Stop it. That's, very, that's a very Western-centric assumption that it's because of blood and that everyone who bleeds red would instantly use red to be the enemy but other than that too like i know they don't have han's backstory in there yet um like han's backstory about being uh, a former imperial yeah it doesn't <laughs> exist at this point yeah but you can't criticize still, the like, book for something seems like pretty basic understanding there <laughs> well like i feel like there are only so many tactical computers available for purchase. And so they're probably using much of the same gear. And if red is the default for hostile, that's what comes in the computer. And, and like, they, a, and they've, they've, they've totally broken into Imperial facilities. And, and like used seen Imperial their ships. Yeah. yeah. I actually think that was Han being snarky. Like, I think that was just Han having a bad attitude. Oh, you guys use red for threats, too. Like, hmm. I think it's just Kathy Tires being stupid. <laughs> yeah, Kathy okay. Tires being like, look, there's a similarity, you guys. Okay, there's I'll give you guys in common. that. <laughs> I'll no, I mean, you can justify it in universe. Totally right. Go ahead. But <laughs> I, okay, I also see, just here's think the it's... thing. I just, I was in acting class this last weekend, and we, like, went on a whole 
journey about how, as an actor, you have to be able to justify anything <laughs> that is put in front of you in the script, or else you can't play it truthfully. So... I realize now that I do that when I read books. I'm like, I will find a character reason. I will find it. It may be the most ridiculous stretch, but I will find it, damn it. <laughs> um, so we move out of Nereus's uh, POV and on to uh, Luke's, I think. Yeah, Luke's. And like he knows that something's up, but he doesn't know what because his force sense is good, but it's not quite good enough. Like, you know... It's this book is very he can't inconsistent. Read thoughts, just emotions, but except he can for when read he decides thoughts. he can read thoughts. Because he he looks at, Gen, at Governor Nearest and and says Nearest expected never to see him again. Like that is not an emotion; that is a thought. <laughs> yeah, I I have issues with with that part of it. I I feel like I've read fan fiction that has a better grasp of the Force <laughs> than to be fair than she is portraying in this book. And I get that it's early in the development of the force, but it's like, pick one, pick a lane and stay in it. No, so, it's like, yeah, this, this part, just kind of feels typical of not even just Bantam era, just like star Wars books in general before the Disney, uh, buyout, like, you know, force powers are all over the place. Depends on the author, depends on the author's mood. Sometimes they can literally hover. Sometimes they can literally use molecules to, bounce off of walls or phase through walls and sometimes they have like realistic ends of their abilities <laughs> and sometimes there's troy denning but i mean i have no yeah, trouble believing that a jedi that. could could hover but like the rest of that is absurd and like it it gets into like some pretty ridiculous stuff in in this book too i mean well and i mean the whole thing is just that like earlier when he told gary all that like he can't you know, read yeah. thoughts like that was from his POV, so he didn't seem to be yeah, like that's lying. My to issue her. is that it's not even internally consistent. Yeah, it, like it did, yeah, I will at some point as we read through all these things be like, really, really, <laughs> you can do that with the force now. Awesome. Like he wasn't, but he wasn't lying to, her to like, make her feel better. Like, yeah. Luke says one thing that he is or is not capable of doing, and four chapters later, he does the thing. <laughs> like. Pick one. Yeah, and something, something else and comes up in it. a little bit too that's just absolutely ridiculous, yeah. but we'll get there. So it's like pick a lane and stay in it. Yeah. Um so Luke and Han bro out a little bit about Leia. Um, oh my god, it's adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> when Han's all like, I suppose you're gonna ask about my intentions towards your sister, and Luke's like, Yeah, I know what your intentions are, like TMI dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he's just like, you know, just just don't like be a complete ass to her yeah like he actually he's like actually showing trust in his female relative instead of like assuming that it is that she doesn't have any autonomy yeah yeah he's um, not and, like take care of her he's like get don't another, hurt her yeah we get another flash of that later that i will i will not spoil but there is another flash of you can tell that luke has a great deal of faith in Leia. Here again shortly. Wait, in this book? Uh, in in tonight's chapters. Oh. It's a one-liner, and it probably went past everybody else, but this is what I'm here for. <laughs> these chap oh, that line. Yes. Yeah. So these chapters are just destroying all of my preconceived notions about this book. <laughs> um, so... Uh... Things start happening quickly here. Leia's off for a drive with Prime Minister Captison and uh, Senator Belden. I don't remember if this was set up in the last chapter or if this is just happening now. This um, is just happening. It, yeah, that's what I thought. And it's like, it's it's pretty awkward that it's just all it's of a sudden. Like the, she's off for a secret it's like meeting. chapter 13 was cut and pasted out of an earlier draft <laughs> without any mind to what was edited in the chapters before it. Yeah. Like, this is exactly the kind of thing that could have been brought up in a previous chapter as they're making plans to do it, only they cut that, and she forgot to give us any narrative reason for this happening. <laughs> Instead, it just happens. Um, but so, Leia's, like, basically, like, making the hard sell for the Rebellion and making everything about herself, of course, 
She's like, like, she's looking, she's looking around, commenting. This reminds me of Alderaan, you know, that planet that was destroyed by the Empire. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if she was just thinking to herself that it reminded her of Alderaan, that'd be one thing. But she's just kind of sitting there talking about it. At this point, I'm just sick of her talking about Alderaan. Yeah, seriously. Okay, Borsk. Hashtag Borsk was right. (laughs) (laughs) Even though we haven't gotten to whatever that book is yet. It's like, it's because in this book, like, I don't think I would have any problem with it were it not for that out of nowhere speech. Yes. uh, Earlier on. That's just completely about her childhood on Alderaan for no reason. Well, and this scene too, it's just as bad. It's kind of a big thing in her life, guys. Like, yeah, but like, it's she's, sort of, she's laying it on. Yeah, thick. no, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't, like, it's understandable, but it, it wouldn't be standing out to me nearly as much if it weren't for that bizarre speech she made. <laughs> and, and this scene too is pretty bad. Like the prime minister is like, you remind me of, of Gariel. And she's like, boy, I wish my life had been easy as, as Gariel's. My life sure Her did parents suck. are dead. Yeah. And like, then. Leia's art too, but. <laughs> and then the prime minister is like, yep, she's, uh, she's gotten to the part of uh, adulthood where she's, you know, cynical and disillusioned about everything. And Leia's like, yeah, I reached that pretty early. Cause everything's about me. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention Alderan? <laughs> um, so they run around in their little thing. Uh, she makes the hard sell for the rebellion. They seem receptive, but then the Empire uh, pulls them over. Wins everything uh. like Alderan. <laughs> um, we have a short and scene. And we get like a, a good old fashioned like traffic stop. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty hilarious. Um, we have a, a brief scene, a mercifully brief scene of R2 and 3PO that is completely unnecessary. Oh, um, but there is not with the, um, I have to find this now with, uh, their conversation in the car during their out of nowhere drive. Yeah. Like they can just talk. They don't have to have the awkward fake conversation where it sounds like they just really don't know what to say and are bad at making small talk. They can just talk well but also um, it gets them arrested so they don't like, even reference the other kind of technology at all but well, i think it's the same thing them being able to just talk's what gets them caught right but you'd think they'd at least reference the other kind well i think it's the same or thing. else why have two completely different things going on here <laughs> no i think it's meant That's to true. be the same device they just for whatever reason they decide not to like use it in its clandestine way it it makes no freaking sense whatsoever I will say there there are a lot of things wrong with this book, but um, Kathy Tires actually does a good job on 3PO in this scene. And 3PO is super hard to write because he's annoying in a very specific way. I mean, she But um, she I does. am not stalling you mismatched collection of cross-wired nanochips. <laughs> I mean, that's good. It is. She but, really got his voice there. But also, Non-mechanicals like, are quite impossible. Like... For once, she's doing something quite right, and and I wanted to call that out because of how often we are. No, no, no. That, that's very true. That's she's very not true. completely terrible at everything, you guys. But we're just being right? really nitpicky because that's the purpose of this podcast, right? Well, Hashtag Star Wars positivity. She gets three PO's voice quite well. Well, also show I I really don't like this book very much, but <laughs> but um. But I, I, I don't know. The scene just like it's a short scene, but it drags on for way too long. Like I don't need to know exactly how they decipher the Siruk language. Like it's, it's not. I don't need that information. Like just tell me they decoded it. It's fine. But you're right. Yeah, she, it she does, does actually. She does voice really well. But it does. You're right that it feels like. She got to the end of the book and realized it was only 80,000 words long <laughs> and was told it needed to be 92,000 words long. And she's like, okay, what am I going to do? And she goes back in and she like, hey, I know I can write a quick scene of how they decipher the language. Just the droids. It'll be great because I need word count. <laughs> also, I think it's hilarious that the character she nails the best is the most annoying character in the entire franchise. <laughs> Take from that what you will. Um, So this next scene is like really kind of weird. Like 
Leia gets out of the car after being pulled over, and she just starts shooting at the Imperials. Like, no no warning, no conversation. She's just like, oh, traffic stop. Pew, pew, pew. Really, it's just that their lights were out. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then she starts shooting them. And, <laughs> and then, yeah. so then the stormtroopers are like, uh, we totally knew you were having a secret meeting, guys. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so she yeah. shoots she shoots like five stormtroopers, but there's eighteen of them there. So obviously the stormtroopers win. Uh, well, Leia... and like no one else is armed. Yeah, I I really don't know what Leia was hoping to accomplish by by uh, putting up a fight, but um, she gets arrested. The one guy um, starts to have a heart attack, um, and then I think he dies off page. <laughs> later yeah i i like this this whole like section i was wondering if i was just like if i just forgotten all this all these important details or if i was dozing off when i read it or well it's good to know that it's just that they don't actually put these things in the book yeah like the Um, first time i had like a moment when leia notices that the prime minister looks like he's not well well it's not the prime minister it's the senator but and then the next time we hear about him he has died right and like the first time i read through this i totally because it's like it's it's literally three sentences it's a paragraph um and i i just missed it or, or skipped over it or something and so when he died, I was like, oh, well, that's surprising. And then I came when I was scanning back through making the notes, I, I caught that sentence again or that paragraph again. I was like, OK, at least she acknowledges it. But it is weird to, like, have him die off screen. <laughs> yeah, it that's a little strange. But I do. I sort of enjoy Leia, the, the major Han Solo influence on her. She jumps out of the car and starts shooting. And then, like, when she realizes that's not the best plan of action, she's like, all right, I'm going to pretend to surrender. But I'm not down yet. <laughs> she's like, I'm unsinkable. I'll surrender for now. But gosh darn it. Um, Which I think was a weird choice on the author's part. Instead of, like actually letting leia get arrested leia being like yeah okay you can arrest me i don't know i mean it seems like it would have been reasonable for her to be like you know you'll never get away with this nearest and him to be like Mwahaha, i already have and like that's the scene but except you know with better well, dialogue so amazing except probably not better dialogue because kathy tires because <laughs> I mean, but but Narius really should have had an actual mustache to twirl. It's true. Yeah. Um. So chapter fourteen. Yeah, this is all just weird because I remember actually enjoying like her prose in the books by her that I've read. So reading this book has been a strange experience so far. I mean, how old were you when you read those? Maybe I was in high school. Okay. Yeah. I, Actually, I don't remember the prose that much. I just remember enjoying the story in the first book, thinking the second book was okay, and then wondering what the heck was going on in the third book. <laughs> um, so chapter 14, um, Han drops Luke off at the spaceport. He sees on the news that Leia's been arrested, and then he goes to rescue her. There's this whole complicated thing where he runs into 3PO, who tells him that the Rook are going to attack, he dresses 3PO up like a stormtrooper and tells him to go join Chewie at the Falcon. Which is my favorite Luke. piece of deception in Star Wars yet. It's pretty delightful, <laughs> but it's also really stupid because like 3PO then just like goes to the Falcon and gets shot by Chewie. And it's like well, even Han is like 3PO says, Can I have your comm link? Yeah. Like he asks for it and then he doesn't bloody use it. Like there's he no reason for Falcon, him not to call. Of course Chewie opens fire. <laughs> it's, so dumb. it's so dumb. Um, Still, 3PO bumbling around in oh, Stormtrooper yeah. armor is just amazing. The mental image is yeah, delightful. Though no, <laughs> so when we get Chewie's point of view on it, I'm like, yeah, I guess he would kind of look like a zombie Stormtrooper, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was my 3PO noise. Um, so Luke goes to a cantina to a payphone to contact the fleet. He learns about Leia and the impending attack from 3PO, who, as mentioned, has a comm link. <laughs> Um, Han takes a speeder out to the house in the hills where Leia's being kept. Um, <laughs> he, he finds Leia, like, playing with a repulsor chair, because of course she is. Um, 
And then he hides in a chimney because, of course, he does. <laughs> it's, that moment is so hilarious. It's literally like naughty teenagers getting caught making out. And she's like, oh, shit, my dad is coming. Hide. <laughs> I mean, it would be an oh, shit mo- moment if her dad was coming, but. Zombie bail. <laughs> Somebody write zombie me Zombie bail, thing. zombie Vader. Doesn't even matter. Yeah. Which dad, yeah. But no, like, that's really, that's how that moment feels, though. Like, just this, I don't know if she did a bad job of writing the stakes or why it's it is. because he it hides just, it in really a chimney. It really feels like, uh-oh, boyfriend's about to get caught in Princess's room. Now what? It's because he hides in a chimney, which is just, like, inherently ridiculous. <laughs> Yes. Yes, it is. And there's like a bar that just so happens to be the perfect height and positioning in the chimney for him to grab on and pull himself up despite the chimney. Them just stating that the chimney is too narrow to climb out. But apparently not at that height. And apparently someone put a bar there. Yeah. The whole thing is dubious at best. (laughs) Oh, maybe the designer had a secret boyfriend who had to keep (laughs) hiding in the chimney um on their retreats that sounds yeah i mean it really does feel like like it's there specifically for the purpose of a boyfriend to hide in yeah sure that makes sense like i even (laughs) have a chimney chekhov's chimney (laughs) (laughs) um so chapter 15 she goes out of her way to mention that she's got a wood wood burning old-timey chimney and i'm thinking to myself that's not old-timey that's freaking ancient to you folks (laughs) well on alderaan (laughs) oh my god (laughs) at my old school called alderaan um magic school bus it up (laughs) So chapter 15, uh, we see Gary all meet up with Epi, who is magically all better and rearing to go. Um, it's not magic powers. It's the force. Yeah, Luke's force. Also, she's a hacker. Luke's force. And, like, amazing. Force brain massage really did the trick. And, yeah, she's, like, I mean, I guess she's been, like, you know, sort of out of it for a long time. But, like, there's no grogginess. There's no, like, problem readjusting. She's and just like, like, come on. Let's move. Come on. I am now and, you know, I am now master hacker, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and screw, you know, whatever changed over the three years she was a vegetable. Like, she is just already knows how to do everything again. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's right. And I back like in how it. she like wishes she were still young, like eighty. <laughs> she really wishes she were still eighty. This is, this made me wonder if they'd mentioned her age before, because they also mentioned like her being married to her husband for over a century. I don't know. Pretty old, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they're really, but you know, it's one of those things where you're like, well, how old does the average human live? And how long is a year on Bakura compared to a year other places? Like, it's one of those things that was never handled well in the Star Wars EU. So, yeah, I mean, that it doesn't bug me that it's not handled well here. That's it's sort of even part of the course. Hand-waged oh, no, and, I wasn't yeah. like even thinking about the different calendar stuff. I was just kind of like, dang, I'm wondering how old this lady is. How good's their medicine? Man, that's <laughs> really good. Like, did, did they did they mention this before that she's like at least 125 or I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah, you know, maybe the Bakuran uh, orbit around the sun is really short. <laughs> She's actually just 40 by our reckoning. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, she's so old. So ancient. Oh. Um, so, and then, like, there's this stupid moment where she's like, you have to choose, Gariel, between me and the Empire. And, like, Kathy Tyrus tries to make it a suspenseful moment, but it's just like, come on. This is not suspenseful. Like, you haven't, like, <laughs> laid out any, like, reasons why Gary All would be loyal to the... Em- like, it's, just stop. Come on. Like, don't, don't do Lost this. Lost stars, this ain't. I mean, I didn't really like Lost stars, so I think... The- That's fair, but at least they, they justified her loyalty to the Empire way better. I mean, kinda. 
it was pretty half-assed, if you asked me. It's like, oh, I hate what the Empire it's, is doing, but I swore an oath, and that oath is going to carry me through. Were, it still was way better than... Well, yeah, and I mean, like... Then Gariel's just kind of, because we go with the flow! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know. Earlier, she's had a few, like, well, they gave me an education, and they brought After peace to my planet. Like, it's all been very lukewarm. It's so well, the fact that the the best she's done as far as imperial loyalty has been lukewarm. Like I, there is no surprise that she can be talked out of loving them. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like, oh well, we get all the cool holodramas now. So clearly, I'm a loyal imperial. It's like no, there's no there's no drama or suspense here. It's just like it's just more time it, wasting. Were her parents killed in the purge? <laughs> Like, was it the purge or was it a mining accident? I don't know. I don't care. Yes. <laughs> Just like Jetta. Was it a purge or was it a mining accident? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Um, so that happens. Then Chewie shoots Stormtrooper 3PO. R2 brings Gariel to Luke in the cantina because Gariel goes and finds R2. Um, then Dev and his handler show up to grab Luke. I'm not really sure why these three specifically needed to come down to get Luke. Like, it seems like the kind of thing they could have sent, you know, just regular foot soldiers to do, but whatever. Um, we transition into chapter 16. There's a really bad fight scene. It's just like, it's, it's really poorly written. It's hard to tell what's going on. You mean it doesn't make sense that the two stormtroopers would be standing at 90 degrees from each other? Like none of it makes sense. Like the, I have the whole no thing idea. is not good. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. Like I'm... I was sitting there for a little bit, just like rereading that that little phrase and being like, "So are they facing away from each other at ninety degrees?" It's like let me get out. Let me get out. Are my... they laying on the floor? Let me get out my making, battle map and my miniatures uh, right angle, and the stage. <laughs> what's happening here? Um. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just garbage. No one like, is sure. There's the a, the Bakurans no have this, they're, they're people. <laughs> the Bakurans have this beam weapon that, like, does a different thing every time it hits somebody. No, the Siruk, the Siruk. Oh, sorry, the Siruk have a beam weapon. And um, it shoots out, like, silver streamers. Yeah. Because we're in a 1950s mm-hmm. TV B-movie, or not <laughs> TV B-movie, sci-fi B-movie. Made for TV, <laughs> but but the the Bakurans we didn't really go over this in the first part of the show, but the Bakurans have an EMP weapon that they want to deploy against the Siruk. So really, it's only fair that if somebody's got an EMP weapon, somebody else has a silver laser beam. Oh, that's right. The one commander guy mentions it, and then also apparently compliments Luke off screen. So then after their conversation, Han's like, "You just like that guy because he complimented you." Yes. Oh, is that yes. what that was in reference to? I remember to? this because because yeah, that I wasn't really it, it sure. It was what really entertaining, the hell and he I was talking no about. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? This was okay. This was during the part the strategy meeting between the no, rebels no, no, and the no, Imperials. I remember Hans, Renerus, I remember Han um, saying that. I just don't is remember scanning Luke super clandestinely, right. and Luke and Han totally notice. Um, but there's also a commander there, Commander Thanos. Right, that's the guy yeah, that we bonded nice. with earlier when he he was it was the guy who was like, Show me your lightsaber and to make it real here how all these stormtroopers <laughs> shoot at you and then like he toys with like betraying Luke for like half a minute, but then he's like, Nah, I'll just completely remove myself as any kind of threat from the narrative. Yeah, but like coming out of this meeting Han says something to Luke about he how he likes Commander Thanos because he complimented him and I have no memory of this right. compliment ever happening. That, that's what I was saying. Like, I don't remember that either. <laughs> it's another thing that happened off page. Off page. Yeah. Right. You know? Something that happened in a previous draft. I'm telling you, <laughs> we. Yeah. Either way, I guess Luke has a new crush now, and yeah. his name is Commander Thanos. I mean, it's not a very long lived crush, which I is going to be so sad for Dev. I think. Right? I think you're giving Kathy yeah, Tyre too much got credit, two frankly. pieces of competition. <laughs> In saying that it was in a previous draft, I think you're giving her too much credit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's still terrible writing to, like, not clean up your draft, but I still think you're giving her too much credit. (laughs) Maybe they really rushed her book. Mm. 
It did come out. I don't out. know, or maybe I am just soon. up to my eyeballs in a rewrite, and <laughs> I'm I'm afraid I will do something like this, so I'm projecting. <laughs> That's Good. what you have things called uh, proofreaders for? Yeah, editors. Oh, no, my editor is amazing. She will catch all the things, but then, like, it's really embarrassing. So, sure. Which is to say, she's not Kathy Tears' editor, because... Uh, yeah, who edited oh, this well, heap of yeah, garbage? Yeah, all the things. So back to the really, like, ridiculous fight scene that was yes. terrible. I mean, if you want to call it that. Like, it happens. And then, like, <laughs> Luke magically dispels Deb's brainwashing, which is, like, like not how brainwashing works. It's, like, I mean... It's, it's like, also not how the Force works. Right. I mean, yeah, I Yeah, that's wanna, not how the Force I works. I wasn't going to go there, but thank you for doing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're never not going to go there. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it's like, okay, I could buy that the force could like, I don't know, flush the like mind control chemicals or whatever out of him that like make him susceptible to the brainwashing. But like the brainwashing is like a systemic, cumulative, like psychological thing that like the force couldn't like just magically like wash away. This is so stupid. It makes me angry. I'm very angry. It is. It's Do you want to dramatically year. read the uh, note that I put in there? Because it's seriously poor like gay baby is brainwashed. Looks... Good thing I have the force trademark the all-purpose cure-all now available for just nineteen ninety-five wherever power converters are sold. Is that what you meant by dramatic reading? Yes, okay. that, was, that was actually great. That was my Luke impression. <laughs> this does like it's seriously like he's. An infomercial for the Force at this point. Look at all the things the Force can do. Well, and you guys were talking Although about I will, how I will chime in to say this is approximately the other time where we see Luke giving Leia some credit because he makes mention that Han is on his way to rescue Leia, or hmm, by now she's probably out to rescuing him. I mean, I just read that yeah, as the, more the, a condemnation of Han's abilities than yeah. appreciation of Leia's. Well, no. But... <laughs> like, like, you gotta remember, how did they meet? Right. Han and Luke <laughs> unlocked the door, and then Leia pretty much rescued all of them. <laughs> um, so, she's, she's pretty self-rescuing. No, totally. Um uh, What was I gonna say about Luke and the Force? Um, yeah, I mean, you guys mentioned that, like, the the authors of the EU like would make the force like this cure all thing and would write Luke and the other Jedi as like super overpowered superheroes. And like, I guess that started right here because I mean, like we talked about, you know, in the previous seasons, like Zahn kept a pretty good lid on it, but like, this is just like it's the force. It can do anything, man. Um, and it's really ridiculous and tiresome. Haha. <laughs> tiresome. Ugh. Oh, that was a good one. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and by good, I mean, oh. By good, you mean, ugh. You're welcome. <laughs> um, what are you doing, um, So Luke is captured because he fails to account for a tail that whacks him in the legs and knocks him unconscious. Um, He's so he, like super not good at consistently sensing living things, huh? Yeah. Right. He, so he also hasn't can... noticed the like worm creatures in his gut yet. <laughs> right. So the force can can unbrainwash Dev, but it can't warn Luke that he's about to be ambushed. Well, and you could like, have even done something there. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying you it. You could have even done something by there a with gigantic like, lizard like, man wow, tail. Like like fixing Dev really took it out of me. My force sense is all wonky, and now I can't like sense you know the, the, my enemy's m movements. You know, I mean, you could have done and something like even, that. Okay, but you even didn't. with the you know and the stutter in there, that would have been a better sentence than what we got. <laughs> <laughs> and they even mentioned that, like, he's hit in the head by the tail. No, I think it hits his legs. Way to not see it coming, Jedi man. I think it hits his, like, sweeps his legs. Is like, that what uh, happens? Like, oh, and uh, then I guess he hits his head on the floor. Like, what's his face in the Karate Kid? That's, that's hilarious. Yeah, he swept the legs. It's a totally illegal move. <laughs> he should have just that's, crane kicked him. That's hilarious. <laughs> Somebody called Peter Cetera. He's on in five. Um, but so, yeah, so he gets dragged off by Dev. Dev is like, oh, I'm I'm free, but also I must continue my ruse and I must kill myself and Luke if it comes to that because he's 
all noble and self-sacrificing now that his brainwashing is gone. Um, R2 scoots away with Gariel. Um, Lan Han escaped through some nonsense with repulsor chairs. I honestly was not they paying even, attention like, by this point. Tell us what the nonsense with repulsor chairs is. Like they go through the roof, but I wasn't really clear on how they got through the roof with the chair. Like, uh, it, no, they <laughs> they use the chair to get up to the ceiling that they then cut a hole in. Right, and then they use the the, the ceiling. How did really they cut tall. a hole in the ceiling? That's the part I was like. Han had a vibro knife. Leia. Of course it, he did. Yeah, no, actually, he? they act that that is one thing that actually worked in that they have checked in with how well armed Han is several <laughs> times in this book, and the vibro knife has never not been on his person. Okay, that so, works out. I just have they no use the chair. I have no memory of them like before they're in the forest on their way out already. Like this yeah. whole scene, it's just a blank. He cuts a hole in the ceiling and climbs up into the attic, and then Leia gets on the chair and has it take her up to the ceiling, and she climbs in the attic, and they, like, crawl through the attic to where Han saw the speeders parked at the far end of the building. Do they explain why the chair can go that high? Because I know when Han entered the room to begin with, he commented, wow, that chair is up a lot higher than I've ever seen a repulsor chair go. They well, don't, but I. it felt implied that Leia monkeyed with it, but yeah, they don't says, ever come out and say He says what to happened. himself, Leia must have been reprogramming it or whatever. Yeah, this is actually, yeah. like, I'll, I'll give Tyrus credit. Like, you're right. This is this is a sequence where it is, I'm looking over it again now, and this is a sequence where it is explained, like, fairly well. It's just that by the time I got to this point, I was so exhausted by all the stuff that she couldn't explain or didn't explain that, like, my mind was already going. <laughs> I wake up when Han and Leia are on the page at the same time. Sure. So, <laughs> so, so first, Chekhov's fireplace, then Chekhov's repulsor chair, and then Chekhov's vibro knife. Got right. it. Yep. Um, so they <laughs> like get... Like, everything they... in the little uh, cabiny place where Leia's being held is a checkoff device. <laughs> I am now going to call it Chekhov's Acres for the rest of the time we're reading this book. Um, so they get out of there. Uh, they head back to the Falcon. Some X-Wings help dissuade uh, the, the Imperials that are chasing them. Um, and they take off and uh, are bound for adventure. And that's the end of these chapters. For some values of the word adventure. Yeah, that's the end of these chapters. A lot happens in these chapters. It's mostly very messy and confusing. It's like she got yes. to like this point in the novel and was like, oh shit, I guess I better have stuff start happening. Because we're getting towards the end. And then a bunch <laughs> of shit started happening. <laughs> with no oh, rhyme or reason whatsoever. Oh, we forgot whatsoever. to mention that Leia accidentally left her bracelet in Chekhov's Acres. She felt yes. really bad, but no, she left it, it at the hotel. Not a good move to just turn around to get a bracelet. <laughs> yeah, she feels super no, no, bad no. that she lost the she, Ewok bracelet. She left it at the hotel in her escape. She left it at the Which, hotel. By the way, she it wasn't took me wearing way it. Too long. It took me way too long to figure out that the bracelet is in fact the one on the cover. <laughs> and oh, how what funny! The heck, that looks so unwieldy. Yeah. But no, she and left it at the hotel. She she wasn't wearing it when she was captured because when they get to the Falcon, she's like, oh, maybe we could go swing by and get my bracelet. No, that would be literally the stupidest thing I could possibly do. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Still, like, why would the Ewoks even make that? That's way too big for any of them. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they made it for Leia. Why is anything? They didn't know. I in mean, let's face it. Why did they have that dress? She, I mean... <laughs> she also had, you know, they made her a dress in a hot minute too, so. <laughs> yeah, but that they could just like sew a bunch of dresses together. They don't have to smelt the dress. <laughs> Presumably. I don't know how Ewoks make dresses. Smelted dress. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Those are the chapters. Um, next week we will finish this nonsense. Um, Lightspeed Recommendations. Lightspeed Recommendations is where we recommend something that we're reading or watching or consuming in some way that is not Star Wars related, and we try and do it in under 60 seconds. I'll go first. I just binge-watched in the past two weeks the entirety of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, four seasons of television. 
Um, it's really, really good. I'd seen some of it before, but I wanted to restart it because um, it had been a while. And it's really excellent. It's like probably one of the most like racially and, and sexually progressive shows on TV. Certainly one of the most progressive sitcoms on TV. Um, it's very smart. It's very funny. Um, you know, if you've only seen like Andy Samberg in like Saturday Night Live videos or in trailers for like, you know, uh, silly looking movies, like uh, he has a lot more to offer. Um, Andre Brower as the as Captain Holt is hilarious and amazing. Oh, um, the entire cast is amazing. Um, and like this, the past like season, they've like started doing like story arcs, which I've never seen in sitcom before. And like the 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 really uh, remarkable thing about the show is that it allows for genuine like character growth and development, which you really do not see in sitcoms that often. Like the characters are are all different people than they were, you know, at the start of the show four years ago. So if you haven't seen it, um, I highly recommend it. Um, the fifth season starts in September or something or other. Um, so check it out. Uh, Amanda, what about you? I um, I had acting class last week, so the idea of trying to read anything that wasn't my script just wasn't working for me. But I turned on Leah Rimini's Scientology series from Annie and um, um, was riveted and have now watched every available episode on On Demand and am waiting white-knuckled for the rest of season two. It is just a gripping, biting indictment of Scientology in particular, but mindless devotion to religion in general, really. And it's just, it's fascinating. And um, there are a lot of triggers in it. If you have certain past traumas, I'd say maybe do a little reading on the episodes before you watch individual episodes. But man, highly recommended. I've heard really good things about that show. Um, I haven't watched it because it would make me too angry. <laughs> show, what about yeah, you? Yeah, it can make oh, you really angry. Yeah. It's It's very evocative. <laughs> yeah. Show, what about you? So, um, up until, um, now my brain's trying to remember, whatever, that part doesn't matter. I recently caught up on, and by caught up, I'm, I mean, like, watched, uh, from, I can't speak right now. You're going to edit this part out, Matt. (laughs) Matthew. Brian's going to edit it, but Brian, edit this part for us, would you, please? (laughs) Yeah. If you don't, it'll just be hilarious, so that's fine. Just start over. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, this past week, I finished watching Orphan Black. Oh. Which is a Canadian science fiction show about clones. Um, And all the clones are, or rather... All of the main character clones are are played by the same actress, Tatiana Manslani, who is amazing. Um, And there's also some, like, guy clones who are played by someone else, but whatever. Um, No, she is absolutely amazing, but it's a really intense show, and it can be really funny, too. Um, Because, like, the main, main character is... Um, kind of a, I don't know how to describe her, um, kind of a, 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 a bit of a, a good for nothing, um, criminal druggy, um, from England who sees a woman who looks exactly like her, uh, jump in front of a train and then assumes her identity so that she can take all her money. Um, and then she finds out, oh, wait a second, there's a bunch of other clones too. And I am a clone and this is super weird. And one of the other clones is like, um, a lesbian, uh, a lesbian scientist who is trying to figure out what the heck is up with everything. Another one is a, soccer mom who's hilarious um there's just like uh, it's just it's just really good really well done really interesting each season is 10 episodes so watching all five seasons is you know not nearly as time consuming as it would be with other shows 
Um, and yeah, oh, and it wasn't just the season finale um, that aired this past summer. It was the series finale. So the show is now over. So you can watch the whole thing. Ooh, that is good. Yeah, yes. I, I watched the first season of that and I was very compelled. And I'm definitely going to go back and, and watch the whole thing at some point. Um, yeah, it's excellent. And Tatiana Maslany is so good. There would be episodes where I would think like, oh, like, you know, you know, Cosimo wasn't in this episode that much. That kind of sucks for that actress. But then I was rem would remember, wait, no, she plays all of them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Cosima's so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, she's fabulous. The show's fabulous. Um, I, I will heartily second that recommendation. Oh, and there's like some points where she like plays one of the characters Scott, so it's Tatiana Manslotti um, playing character oh, yes. A, pretending to be character B, um, and like that was fucking amazing. Like it's yeah, and it doesn't just feel like Tatiana Manslotti playing character B. Yeah, it that still was, feels like character A pretending to be character B. That like was she does such incredible. a good job with her different um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, mannerisms man. and personalities. I need and... to watch this again. Finish it. Oh, <laughs> I'd forgotten about that scene. That scene was so good. Was that? In... Yeah, I'm intrigued. It was in now. season one. I'm and there's like, I had not I mean, watched any of it. I mean, maybe it oh, gosh, happens again. A, but there's I... a scene in which Kasima pretends to be Allison. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> to give a speech, it and it amazing. is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but. It's good stuff. It's a pretty amazing scene. It's yeah. that scene's hilarious. <laughs> um, all right, well that does it for us this week. Uh, the Throngcast is a Tashi Station podcast. Uh, this episode has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and by you, our Patreon subscribers. If you're not already subscribed, maybe check it out. It's at Patreon.com/slash Tashi Station. One word. Uh, if you subscribe, you get access to all sorts of cool things, including the patrons-only Slack channel. Uh, where we'll chat with you about Star Wars and stuff, or not Star Wars and stuff, whatever you want to chat about. Um, we take uh, they take recommendations for topics on the main pod, um, all, all sorts of fun stuff. It's good. You should you should hop in there and, uh, and get at that good good slack goodness. Hashtag um, Brian needs to reread uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, where else can people find y'all on the internet, Amanda? I am on Twitter at Manda the Ginger. I have a website where there is absolutely nothing at the moment, but you're still going to want to subscribe. That's at www.thegingervillain.com. Um, and I occasionally have been known to write for Tashi Station, which I really should do more of. Yeah, same. Uh, show, what about you? And I am on Twitter at Reorin, spelled R-Y-O-R-I-N. Um and I am one of the co-hosts of A Space, also in the Tashi Station network. And I also am known to occasionally write for Tashi Station. And I, too, should probably do that some more at some point. <laughs> um, I am on Twitter at Mr. Bowers, And my other ah. podcast, a movie discussion show, is at Cinescopers.com. You can also find my writings sometimes, occasionally at Tashi-Station.net. <laughs> Uh, the last thing I put up was a review of the audiobook for Inferno Squad, which uh, Too Long didn't read. It was good. Uh, come back next week. Where we'll be discussing the exciting conclusion to the truce at Bakura. Until then, remember what Jedi Master Bendu told Yoda. Risk. Risk is our business. Bye.